So this Mimer uh, was said by the Rebbe on Shabbos Hanukkah, Pashas Vayeshev, in Tafshin Lama Gimel. Ne'er Hanukkah, it's on page 19. Ne'er Hanukkah Mitzvah, Mishtesh Hamo. It's a mitzvah to light the menorah when the sun sets. The way to classify, the way to understand what Hanukkah is in time is when the sun sets. is also how the mitzvah menorah is classified in space. It has to be placed on the entrance of your home on the outside. We need to understand it's not the question, why is the menorah not similar to the to the candles of Shabbos? That in both time and space, Shabbos is different. You have to light the, the Shabbos candles during the daytime, and in space, you have to light the Shabbos candles inside your house. And besides the distinction between Shabbos candles and menorah, in time and space, which that's in Oilam and Shana, it says when Hashem gave us the Torah, Mount Sinai was full of smoke. Page 19. So the, the word Ashan, which means um, smoke is an acronym for time, space, and soul. Elam shana nefesh. So it means the giving of the Torah is is something that helps us fulfill Hashem's intent and creation to elevate all of time, all of space, and all of souls. So so far we see a difference between Shabbos candles and the menorah in time and space, and Elam in space and shana in time. Yeshchug giving gam nefesh. There's also a difference between them and soul. The difference between them is. On Shabbos, one candle is enough for the whole household. On Hanukkah, however, er, those who are mahadir, those who want to do the mitzvah more beautifully, every single person lights a menorah. You see it? Got it? Page 19. Or page Chav Gimel. Either page Chav Gimel or page 19. Yeah, in the bottom, the number of the PDF and the number of the Varmachos. So on the Varmachos number, it's it's Chav uh, So who lights Shabbos candles? Just one person. The um, the woman in the house lights the Shabbos candles. Yeah. Okay, on the left side, yeah. On the right side, you'll see there's 19. Anyway, so, so so the Shabbos candles, everyone lights themselves. No problem. The Shabbos candles, I'm sorry, one person lights the Shabbos candles for the whole entire home. But with a menorah, everyone has to light their own menorah. There's another difference, and even more. There's an opinion that if you go home, and everyone in your house is sleeping already, you should light the menorah without a brach. So, So this emphasizes the connection of every single person of the house to the to the menorah. 
If they're not around, then 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 you don't then a bracha shouldn't be said because it's relevant to them. They're not around. Something's missing. We understand what's the reason for this difference between the Shabbos candles and the menorah. Since both of them were established by our sages, they're not biblical commandments. So there's room to say that because they're established by our sages, they should have they have a similarity, and uh, they should have similar rules, similar things done with them. So what's the reason that they're different? That they're different both in the time that they're lit, the place that they're lit, and who lights them. Another difference that we see between the candles of the menorah and the candles of the base hamigdash. Although the whole entire point of why we light our menorah is in commemoration to a miracle that happened with the, mir- with the candles of the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash, that we're lighting them because of the miracle that the oil lasted for eight days. Nevertheless, there's still a distinction. They're still different, both in time and in space and in soul. How are they different? The candles of Beis HaMikdash specifically had to be lit before the sun set. The and in the base of Mingdash, just like by the candles of Shabbos, they have to be lit within the base of Mingdash. And within the base of Mingdash itself, there are different different parts. There's the Azara, there's the Chatzar, there's the Hit. And, and here, the menorah has to be lit in the inner part of the base of Mingdash, in the sanctum, the Hechel. Which is not the case with the menorah candles, which again, they are supposed to be lit specifically when the sun sets, and specifically on the doorway, by the doorway at the entrance to your home and the outside. So that's the difference between the menorah and the Beis HaMikdash in space and in time. Menorah, our menorahs are lit when the sun sets, and the Beis HaMikdash has to be lit specifically when it's still daytime. Our menorahs are lit on the outside of our homes, but in the base of English, they're lit within the base of English. So that's how they're different in Olam, in world, in Shana, and year, in time and space. There's also a difference between them in soul. How so? Who lights a menorah in the base of English? Specifically a Koyin. Which a Koyin is the loftiest level among the Jewish people, and within the Kainim themselves, which Kain lights on Nera, has a Shaykh Lan Kain Kodal, it's something that only Aaron does, which of course, as the Torah says, when Aaron lights on Nera, so the Kain Kodal lights on Nera, also in another Pasuk in Baalaischa, when it says, when you will light the menorah, who is that referring to? That's referring also to Aaron. The verse before the Baal Yitzchah says, Speak to Aaron. As the author explained in Kudetera, the special connection that Aaron has, a unique bond that Aaron has with lighting the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash. The author says that the reason why Aaron was chosen to light the menorah is because he is one of the seven people the Gemara calls the seven, seven shepherds. 
who give vitality and godliness to all the Jewish souls, and he gives the Jewish people love for Hashem. He causes the love which is inside a Jewish heart to come out and to be a flame. So he is called in Kabbalah the escort of the queen. The Jewish people are called the queen. Hashem is called the king. So he um, causes this, this love that a Jew has for Hashem to be revealed. So that a Jew should want that Hashem should be revealed in this world. Aaron is the one who gives us that yearning. He lights our menorah. He lights our candles. So, so here's the difference between the menorah that we light and the menorah that was lit in the Beis HaMikdash. Who lights in the Beis HaMikdash? Only a kain. And within the kain itself, the kain themselves, Aaron, the holiest of all the kain. He is on the highest level of all the kain. And even though it's kosher for any kain to light the menorah, when any kain goes and lights the menorah, they do fulfill the mitzvah that Hashem gave to Aaron. So it comes out that it's not connected um, to, it comes out that although any coin could do it, but they're doing the mitzvah that was given to Aaron. So it's still, even when any coin does it, they're doing, it's really Aaron's mitzvah. They're just doing the mitzvah for Aaron. However, with the menorah, every single Jew lights menorah, even if you're not a coin, and you're certainly not a coin, not a coin gadol, and yet you light in your own menorah. And we understand what is the difference between them. Seemingly, it would seem that they should be done in the same way. Whenever our sages establish something they, that is meant to, to um, that's connected with something that was given to us, Midaraisa. That something that was given to us in the written Torah, that whenever the sages establish something, they establish it to be similar to what it says in the Torah. Sorry, called That would be true um, in general. That whatever the sages establish, they always try to follow whatever was written in the Torah about about um, that specific thing. But here it's even more so because here the whole purpose of the Torah is to connect with the miracle that happened to the menorah, the, the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash. So it would seem that we should follow the exact pattern of how the menorah is lit in the Beis HaMikdash. So why do we find a difference between the candles of the menorah and the lighting of the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash, both in time, in space, and in soul? That again, that by the menorah in the Beis HaMikdash, the menorah is lit within the Beis HaMikdash, in the Hechel. Our menorahs are lit on the outside. The northern base of English is lit during the daytime. Our menorah is lit when the sun sets. Northern base of English is lit by the Koyin Godel. And our menorah is lit by every single person. So we see a, a distinction between the uh, our menorahs and the nearest of the Beis and a distinction between our menorahs and, and the nearest of, of, of the, and the Shabbos candles. Shabbos candles also, uh, where they lit inside. What time, what time the Shabbos candles lit? They're lit specifically before the sun sets. And who lights Shabbos candles? One person for the whole home. However, by, by the Madeira, they're lit specifically at, when the sun sets, specifically on the outside, and, and every single member of the household has to light the Madeira. Mahajan. 
do the, the mitzvah more beautifully, everyone should participate. So what's the difference between the menorah that we light and Shabbos candles, the menorah that we light and the menorah in the base of Middash? Why do we find a distinction in time and space and soul? Well, the heavens is base. To understand this, to answer all these questions that we ask, Tzarech Lez Hakdam Ashes Boer Le'il, Be'in in Koten Kolchson Kolamas Shosit Sevdach, we have to first analyze a subject that the Rebbe discussed in the Shabbos before this Mimer. Um, the Rebbe gave a Mimer in Yutis Kislev um, about the Alter's letter when he came back from um, Petersburg and uh, he sent a letter to all the Chassidim telling them that they shouldn't jeer, they shouldn't uh, pride themselves in their victory. Instead, the Alter cautioned them to have um, humility and to um, to, and, and the kindness itself that Hashem has bestowed upon the Chassidim, the victory of the Alter Rebbe, that should give them even greater humility. Because seeing how it, because the, the Alter says, kol, uh, kol, uh, everything before Hashem is like nothing, and the closer you are to Hashem, the more insignificant you should feel. So seeing how the Abishter gave us such great kindness, that should make us feel even more insignificant, seeing that we're face to face with Hashem. Seeing the kindness of Hashem, we discuss it with the that doesn't only mean I'm unworthy of your kindness, but also means that because of your kindness, I've gotten smaller. I've gotten more humble because of your kindness. Unlike the Alter says over there in that letter, unlike Yishmoel, who becomes arrogant because of whatever he's given, he becomes uh, more and more um, uh, arrogant because of all the kindness that Yishmoel receives. However, a Jew, the kindness that Jew receives causes the Jew to feel Hashem's closeness, which makes him feel even more insignificant. So in that discourse, Padre B'Shalom Rebbe examined that letter. I am unworthy of all the kindness and all the goodness and all the truth that you've done for your servant. It's known, the Alta Rebbe's letter about this, Yaakov was very insignificant in his own eyes because of the abundant kindness that Hashem gave him. As Yaakov said, I crossed the Yardin only with my staff, and now I have two camps. That's one interpretation. Yaakov said, I crossed the Yardin with my staff. Yaakov put his staff into the Yardin and caused the Yardin to split. Another interpretation. Um, so Yaakov felt the incredible abundant kindness of Hashem, um, and therefore he um, uh, he felt even more insignificant. He was uh, before this. He was robbed by like, Eliphaz. Eliphaz, yeah. Was right. Then he went. He goes to Shem and Aver. So he has no possessions. I mean, just his staff, right? Yeah, I'm. I, I'm not sure um, at what point he went to Shem and Aver. He went to Shem and Aver before he was robbed. After he was robbed, I don't remember. But yeah, he was he was he was robbed and he, he was in no possessions. When Hashem does kindness with someone, Hashem is bring. After he first Elif has chased him, then he went to Hashem and Eber. Makes more sense. No one is going to leave the yeshiva. Go catch him somewhere. Okay. So Yaakov says, I experienced Hashem's kindness. 
And what, what, what's kindness mean? Hashem, kindness means Hashem is bringing you closer. And the closer you get to Hashem, that should cause you to become more humble. Because whoever is before Hashem, the more you are closer to Hashem, the more insignificant you feel. That's, that's what Yaakov felt. There are, two con- there are two points here. If look at this more in detail. There are two points here. As Yaakov said, I'm, I've, I've become small in my own eyes because of your kindness, because of your truth. So in the previous discourses, before the one we're learning, they have explained this. That kindness refers to davening. Why is kindness referred to davening? Davening is a time you're supposed to arouse within yourself your desire to be close to Hashem. So that's the idea of kindness, the idea of love. That's, that's what davening is about. Davening is a time to generate desire. Desire of the heart. And emes refers to teira. There's nothing true, says a medish, except for teira. So, so kindness refers to davening, the desire of the heart to be close to Hashem, and truth refers to Torah. And through through the study of Torah, we draw down the essence of Hashem, and through davening, we bring down the essence of Hashem. We bring revelation of Hashem in this world through our davening and through our Torah. And this is how we also cause the fulfillment of the subsequent verses as Yaakov prayed, save me from my brother, save me from Esav, blessed he come and attack me. Behind what this means is, that even we talk about Esav, as Esav is in this world, in the lowest possible state, Esav himself had different stages in his life. But even as Esav is in his lowest possible state, it is that, that there is room to be afraid that Esav will come and attack Yaakov. We're talking about the lowest level within the three impure klippas. There is Kedusha, there's holiness, and then there is the Klippa, which opposes holiness that Hashem created to, um, to give us free will. And so in, within Klippa itself, there's Klippas Noiga, there's, there, there are things which are um, animated from klippa, which are kosher, they have some light in them, and then there are the three impure klippas, which which animate all non-kosher things that cannot be elevated. And uh, Esav, in his state of wanting to attack Yaakov, and, and when, the, when there's a danger, he will attack Yaakov. Esav is in the lowest possible state. And yet, in, through Yaakov having kindness and truth through davening and Torah Yaakov is able to affect Esav that, 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 and he's able to see the fulfillment of his prayer save me please that he should not attack me that Esav should not attack Yaakov that Klippa should not go against holiness that Klippa should not try to hurt holiness and not only does he cause Esav not to attack him but more Esav is transformed completely at the clip itself, the evil itself is transformed to holiness. There's a rule 
in Kabbalah and Hasidus, that whatever has a higher source, it descends to a lower place. Like when you, ha- when you have a wall, the stones on the top, far, far, farther from the base of the wall than the stones which are on the base of the wall. So when there is a lofty revelation of godliness, it has an impact on the lower space, the lowest space. Morning, Yisrael. I send you the PDF. That's a general rule. That whatever is a higher source is able to descend to a farther place, especially if we're talking about Hashem Himself, who He is beyond the the realm of place and the realm of time. He's a realm is beyond higher and lower. You can't say about Hashem higher or lower. So therefore, when Hashem's essence is drawn down to the world, it's not in a way that it's more in the higher realms than the lower realms. It's, it's not because Hashem's essence doesn't have that distinction. Hashem is beyond all definition, all parameters. There's no higher or lower for Hashem. Therefore, just like um, uh, Atzilus isn't closer, this world isn't farther. So therefore, when there is a divine revelation that comes from Hashem's essence, it, is, it descends to the lowest of places. So therefore, because of the Torah and because of the prayer, that causes that not only should Esau not hurt Yaakov, but more that Esau should be transformed. And therefore, it elevates the evil, even in evil's lowest state. As as as, as, as that's what happened to, to Esau. Esau was he, he didn't attack Yaakov. Instead, as we know, the Torah says that he kissed Yaakov. Could add another point. Yaakov says, I'm unworthy of your kindness, I'm unworthy of your truth. Then Yaakov also adds a detail about this, a detail about Hashem's kindness, that I crossed the Jordan with only my staff. So, why does he mention, of all the kindness Hashem gave him, why does he mention that specific thing? Gam and it says that the staff that Yaakov had was a staff that Moshe Rabbeinu had and the staff that Moshiach will have. So why does he say um, it's my staff? It's not only his staff, it's Moshe's staff, it's Moshiach's staff. You don't understand why Yaakov specifically says it's my staff. So, okay, so let's um, give a summary of what we did in this uh, second uh, paragraph, second section of the Mimer. The Al-Rebbe writes in this letter about um, how Hashem redeemed the Al-Rebbe from prison, how just like Yaakov said that I became small because of your kindness, that your kindness made me feel insignificant, your kindness made me feel humble, so to every Jew is meant, seeing Hashem's kindness, it's meant to bring us to a place of humility. So, so then we learned that the words kindness and, and truth refer specifically to Torah and prayer, two gifts Hashem gives us, the ability to daven with our hearts to Hashem, and the ability to learn Torah. And those two activities of Torah and prayer, they are what bring about the fulfillment of Yaakov's prayer, I don't want Esau to hit me. So, Esav is in the lowest possible, um, the lowest possible state that he could be in. He's in a state where he is a danger to Yaakov. And yet, 
Esav is affected by Yaakov's prayer. What did Yaakov do that caused this change in Esav? So we're saying it's Torah and prayer. So why do Torah and prayer have this impact? It's because Torah and prayer connect with Hashem's very essence. Hashem's essence has no limitations, no boundaries, no, and, and therefore when Hashem's essence is drawn to the world, it doesn't just impact the realm of holiness, it also impacts the opposite. It impacts, impacts klipa. It impacts the lowest levels of klipa. So therefore, although there is a, there's room to be afraid because of looking at just what, who Esav is, that Esav could attack Yaakov, nevertheless, the essence of Hashem is drawn to the world. And th- through the Torah, through, through MS, and through prayer, through kindness, and what happens is, is that klipa is elevated through this revelation. So then we ask two questions. Why does Yaakov specifically mention of all the things that Hashem, um, all the kindness he received, why does he specifically mention his staff? And also, why does he say it's my staff when this is the same staff that was used by, um, by Moshe Rabbeinu and the staff that will be used uh, by Mashiach? Okay. We'll stop here.